Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. So Jamie Dimon is the CEO and chairman of J.P. Morgan Chase, the largest American bank. Now, can you imagine him losing his house in foreclosure to Chase Bank? That would be completely crazy, right? Well, that is not happening. However, something very crazy and sort of similar is the co-founder of a platform that allows people to accept loans using their NFTs as collateral almost lost his board ape in a for sale. So today we're going to discuss why. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but there are platforms out there that allow you to use your NFTs as collateral to get loans. The first time I heard about this was in South Africa. There was a platform that was allowing people to use their NFTs as collateral to get houses. Now, completely different market around the world, being able to purchase houses and what have you. But as far as all of these decentralized stuff and whether it is NFT Fi or this particular platform that I came across, which is Bendow. Essentially, you are tying up a blue chip NFT into the protocol and allowing you to borrow ETH directly for it. Now, the cool thing with this, there is no credit checks. There is no standard procedures that we normally see in a loan where you're taking it out for doing whatever it is. And of course, there's going to be different interest rates, whether you're doing this as a personal loan to pay off some credit cards or you're doing this to, let's say, buy a house or buy an automobile, go on vacation. All these different things have different interest rates and all depending on the credit score everything's going to factor in. However, with this, it simply looks at the floor price of that project. And with these blue chip ones, so not just any run of the mill NFT that just starts overnight, that is a 0.1 ETH floor and you're able to collateralize that and take out a loan. No, what you can do is with these board apes, crypto punks, the mutant apes, doodles, Space Doodles, Azukis, and Clone X in this particular platform are the seven that they support that you can actually just put them up for collateral and be able to make the purchase. And there's also some interesting things being able to take out a loan in order to finance the purchase of these. But I'll get to that in a second. As far as what was going on here, how these are collateralized is based on a formula that they simply use. And pretty much it is 30% of the floor price. So just using some simple numbers, I'm not going to give all the exacts. And there is a crazy way that they break all this down to see what can be loaned and how much could actually be held up to support this loan and what not before this automatic sale happens, but I'll just use simple numbers. Let's say Board Ape is trading at 100 ETH floor, right? Well, they will loan out 30%. Let's so let's say 30 ETH to access this ETH. You tie up the Board Ape, you send it to the protocol, and it is there, basically like an escrow. So what then happens is you have instant access to that ETH so you can do whatever you want with it. You can buy more NFTs, you can uh, tie it up or you can take it out, cash it out, go do some things, you know, go on a vacation, who knows, whatever it might be your wedding and you don't have to sell the board ape. So the cool thing about this is it is allowing people to access the value of it without having to sell it. This is sort of like having a home equity loan. Of course, the home has value to the bank and you can take out whatever percentage of that 
and paid out at an extremely low rate simply because the bank knows that if you don't pay that money back, they're just going to take back your house and then they'll have that asset and it's going to be worth more than it is collateralized for anyway. So the bank is not going to lose any money. It is pretty much guaranteed for them to make a profit. And the terms are definitely in the favor of the institution that is lending out. Now, you might be thinking, well, who's doing this? This is a crazy thing. But 30,000 plus ETH worth of loans are currently standing. And that's because all of these people are tying up these blue chips and accessing that liquidity one way or another, using it for different things. And one reason, let's just say, why someone might do this is, let's say they see another board ape that is very much on the floor or a reasonable deal or whatever it might be, and they think that this is a great deal because really this is, let's say, a top 10% one and it's here sitting on the floor. What people can then do is, rather than taking out a traditional loan of that nature, they could just tie up their other board ape and then use that percentage in order to get this new one and just add a fraction of that under the assumption that they could relist it and let's say sell it and then make a profit and then pay off the loan and everything will be great. So on paper, that works. However, when the prices of the floor starts to fall, that's when trouble starts to happen. And going back to that example, that was a 100 ETH floor 30 ETH loan, and let's say there was a 10 ETH interest that was paid on the life of this loan. Well, in order to maintain this and keep things balanced, the floor has to stay over 40 ETH because, again, that is 30 ETH borrowed and that is 10 ETH interest. Therefore, simple numbers, not going through all the details and the spreadsheets and all the formulas that they're using, but therefore, this thing has to stay over a 40 ETH floor in order to not be liquidated. Now, what happens when it drops down to 40 ETH or below and just does not work in favor of the holder based on the formula? Well, they have 48 hours to pay back that loan or else it goes up for auction because this protocol definitely wants its liquidity. How does it get the liquidity? People invest their ETH or whatever into this. They tie it up and in return, they're getting a percentage of the profit. They're staking their money essentially into this platform, it is being loaned out peer-to-peer, -peer, so that is from one holder to whoever's putting up their NFT as a collateral, and that's how they're making money. So when that floor does fall and it becomes a danger to the liquidity, it goes up for that auction, and usually it goes on looks rare. I'm assuming that's because there's less fees over there and also because it really has less attention. If it goes up on OpenSea and things might just get out of hand, and if a whole bunch of these end up in foreclosure, as I like to say, or the liquidity call is made, they end up on OpenSea, it might have a different impact and further cause the floor to spiral out of control and go down even further. However, I'm not 100% certain as to why they do it this way. But yes, when I was looking at them, the ones that are up for auction right now, they are on Lixware. I don't know if they have some sort of partnership or some deal with them, or maybe they got into Lixware early. I'm not exactly certain. However, over the last week or so, Macy and Basie has definitely fallen in value, at least the floor price anyways. When I say value, it's a very different thing than price, but just for clarity, the price that is on the market right now, that sale price is going down. And because of that, a lot of these are being forced into that liquidation sale. So much so, as I mentioned, this whole thing, how I opened it up is by saying that, just imagine if the CEO of Chase had his house foreclosed by Chase Bank. Well, in this case, co-founder having his board ape called in for liquidation is very interesting. People tweeted about this. Of course, everything is public. 
and there to see on the blockchain. All this technology is just wide open in the public. Someone happened to stumble across this information on the platform and then posted it onto Twitter. And as we know, Twitter, we love a good joke. We love to meme. We love to tease the culture and so forth. And that was happening right there. And so much so that the co-founder just hopped right in, was a good sport as far as from what I could see, and encouraging Franklin to come in and sweep the floor of the project. Now, if you're not familiar who Franklin is, Franklin has one of the largest holdings of Basie. And He's just known for being a massive whale in the space and degens in the projects and just sweeps floors and really moves market. Well, <laughs> that was what the joke was. It was like, hey, Franklin, buy the floor, meaning push up the price, right? But based on what I've seen, that it seems like the co-founder, at the point of recording this anyways, has worked out whatever it was, paying that loan back so that way it was not liquidated and put up for auction because I don't see it for sale. Now, one interesting thing to note here is this is very different environment and way of doing business than traditional banking and traditional loans. Because I'll even give it a simple example of my father. Long story short, going all the way back to the late 70s, he was a young man, just very ambitious into food and really wanted to buy this building in order to open his restaurant. Now, this building had just been lost to the bank and they were giving a very hard time as to loaning out money, especially since this was a young man in his 20s, not being able to show any kind of decades of track record and all of those things made it a very interesting situation because the management in the bank was reluctant in order to loan to him. However, he had a great relationship with one of the managers that basically went to bat for him and said that if there's one young man to take the bet on, it should be this one. And because of he had that relationship, he was able to get the loan, bought the building, and now he's been there for about 40 years. But why am I sharing this story? It's because... This all came down to a person making a judgment call. Well, this does not happen here. When it comes to the loans, the liquidities, and the foreclosures, or the calling it back for the auction, I should say, this is all done automatically. It is hard written into the code. There's no if, ands, or buts, no exceptions, no maybes. It is simply black and white. If it doesn't meet that formula, it is going up for sale. So it would have been pretty interesting to see the co-founder of this platform absolutely lose his ape. Of course, I'm not wishing that on anyone. I just think it's just an interesting story. Nonetheless, I want to share that with you. So what are your thoughts on all of this? Would you borrow against your blue chip NFT if you had one? Now, this is a fairly new thing that is happening within the NFT space. So there's a lot of trial and error as with anything. However, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. Please feel free to reach out to me at Tropic Vibes on Twitter or via email in the show notes with your questions, comments, and concerns as far as the direction as to where this is going. So I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.